coming up next on the Passionately Married podcast. So testosterone, the, the worst thing we did with testosterone is we gendered it, right? I mean, how many times do people learn, even in the lay population, testosterone's for men and estrogen's for women, right? We gendered this hormone, which is a horrific disservice to women mostly. But did you know that depending upon where you are in your cycle, in your 20s, a woman's body has more testosterone in it than estrogen? Nobody knows that because we brand we branded these things wrong. I mentioned this last week, Pam, that there is a seminar going on online with mm-hmm. 31 uh, videos you can watch from the comfort of your own home mm-hmm. that top tackle all kinds of aspects of the topic of sex. Mm-hmm. And so that is live now. So if you're listening as this is first coming out, May 15th is when it launched and it goes till May 29th. Happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you. On that day. And to you. And to you. <laughs> um, but if you go to passionatelymarried.net forward slash divas, because I've partnered with the dating divas to, who, have put this, who have put this thing on. And so that's our special link that'll get you straight to how you can get this content at a drastically discounted price. And it's totally worth checking out at your leisure, all kinds of topics covered. It's well worth your time. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to Passionately Married. I'm Dr. Corey Allen alongside my wife, Pam. Good to be here. Where each and every week, uh, we tackle whatever's going on in your world that will help your life be better. And this week is no different. Uh, our friend, Kelly Casperson, I'm sorry, Dr. Doctor. Kelly Casperson. Yes. She's worked hard there. for that MD. That's exactly uh, right. <laughs> she's a urologist <laughs> and a surgeon, and she works to help women um, just attack some of the different things in their sex lives that we feel like a lot of times, like I'm, I must be broken. There's something wrong here. She simply says, I teach women about sex. <laughs> yes, I she mean, does. that covers it all, right? And so if you want to check her at, check her out, you want to go to Kelly Casperson, MD.com. All the, all that information will be in the show notes mm-hmm. because this episode is a wealth of information and was so much fun. This week, everybody gets the full show. Bonus. And so all that's coming up next. This spring, it's wedding season, and I've decided to finally stop wearing uncomfortable bras and shapewear. And I can give thanks to Honey Love, who's supporting today's episode. Honey Love has revolutionized the shapewear and bra game, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear or that uncomfortable underwire without sacrificing support. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. Their products are so comfortable, you won't want to take it off. You know that feeling when you get home from a long day and immediately want to take off your bra? Totally know that feeling. (laughs) Yeah, queerness, that feeling. With Honey Love, you'll never experience that again. Their bras are so comfortable, you forget you're wearing them. You may even sleep in them. But it doesn't stop there. They have incredibly comfortable shapewear. Ladies, Honey Love is just as easy to put on as it is to take off. Shapewear shouldn't be hard. Their products make you look and feel good, whether it's for a wedding, an event, or an everyday boost to confidence. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with the code PASSION at honeylove.com. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com and use the code PASSION. It is an absolute treat to welcome Dr. Kelly Casperson back to the show. Uh, she's been on a couple times already. Uh, Kelly, if you remember, I'll refresh your memory and those in the audience that maybe don't remember too. Um, 
you were on, we did first off with, I met you on the whole, you're not broken, which is your podcast, which is just killing it. And it's so, so good. So highly recommend it. And then you came on episode 590, where we talked about perimenopause and some of the myths and stuff that surrounds there. And that went so well. And I know the work you've been doing also has been on this topic too. So my thought today, Kelly, if you're okay with this, is I wanted to like play a hypothetical scenario of a woman going through uh, perimenopause. And for the sake of the conversation, we'll just tie, we'll title her Pam, okay, as, as, as a hypothetical. So Pam, take it away. Thank you. Thanks for letting me be here. So, And Dr. Casperson, I've, I've been so excited for this day. So thank you for being on here with us. Oh, so, my pleasure. Yes, I'm going to talk to you about this hypothetical Pam who may have just turned 50. And maybe all this stuff started happening right, like literally when she turned 50. Okay. And, and so there's all these things happening. And I'm, I guess I'm asking for things like, is this normal? How long does it last? And, and ways that we can go about it. Right. So, yep. um, hot flashes, how in the world do you deal with them? What's a good way to deal with them? Take hormones. And okay. So you say <laughs> that I have people tell me, okay, est- start, start with the bomb. Estrogen, progesterone, is it one of those guys, right? It, it depends. Does Pam have a uterus? Yes. Okay, so if you if you take unopposed systemic estrogen, you have about a 5 to 10% increased risk of uterine cancer. So you have to protect your uterine lining with a progestin. Most commonly used today, bioidentical, micronized oral progestin, uh, progesterone. Side effect is it helps you sleep better. So you take it at night. That was one of my other questions. What the heck? So, yes, the, the sleep cycle has totally flipped upside down, like in the last four months. Yeah, it's horrible. Getting poor sleep is associated with shorter life. You know, and I think, you know, just to back mm-hmm. up for your listeners, because there, there's so many people in 2023 and they're coming around, but so many people are so afraid of hormones. They're so afraid of taking medications. And what we really need to do is number one, understand where that came from because we can stomp out fear with education. But number two is realize untreated signs and symptoms of menopause in and of themselves cause immense suffering. Right. And so we think like, oh, I don't want I'm all natural. I want to be all natural. And it's like, well, all natural is really crappy sleep, hot flashes, which in and of themselves are associated with heart disease. And then all the risks that happen with having no estrogen. So Wait, back up. Really a, mm-hmm. Heart disease. Yeah. Your really? heart disease risk goes up. Why do you think women have heart disease on average about 10 years after men do? It's because we have protective estrogen for so much of our lives. So now you're taking, let's, let's define menopause. Menopause is one year without having a natural period. Not a great definition because of all the people with hysterectomies and IUDs and birth control and all this stuff. But in general, about average age 51 in America, meaning 50% happen before that, 50% happen after that. What that means is that ovaries are no longer producing enough hormones to cause a woman to cycle, to ovulate, and to have the chance of a pregnancy. Right. So now we're talking about hormones being your estrogen. A woman's estrogen in menopause is lower than the estrogen that a man has. Hmm. Let's let that sink in. (laughs) 
And your every every organ in your body has estrogen receptors. Your inner ear, your your bones, your tendons, your muscles, your gut, your brain, your heart. This is not just like, oh, my ovary isn't, you know, producing estrogen. My I just don't have periods anymore. This is a body change. Now, let's be careful, right? This is very natural. Now, one might argue living past the age of 50 is actually not that natural. If you look back statistically, we've only been doing mm-hmm. that for about 100 years, right? So you could argue that li- being able to have the opportunity of living past 50 is amazing and in and of, of itself not natural. But I think the world, the word natural is very loaded these days with like shoulding on what people should or shouldn't do based upon what they feel is natural. So let's take your body, let's take your estrogen below that of a man's and say, what are the consequences of living that way? Hot flashes, night sweats, poor sleep. We have increased risk of frozen shoulder. We have increased risk of osteoporosis. More people die from hip fracture than breast cancer. More people die from heart disease than breast cancer. So and and of saying that estrogen supplementation doesn't cause breast cancer, but that's the biggest fear of it, right? So I would say we're really scared of the wrong things. And I think that's because of our lack of education about our bodies and what happens. I'll, pa- I'll pause to let that all sink in for a second. Yeah, that's a lot of information. You're You're throwing out all these little symptoms that I'm like, yeah. That's all just slammed me in the last four months. The shoulder issue, all those things. And you're so you're saying even that gets helped by estrogen. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have we have a very interesting paper that looking at both men and women. Because men have low hormones too. Let's let's remind everybody. And when men have low hormones, we don't tell them, oh, it's just natural. Have you tried acupuncture and some tea? We don't treat men the same way we treat women, which to me, menopause is just a big equality issue because I treat men with low testosterone and it irks me to no end that we don't treat women the same way. But let's take men and women, if they both have low hormones, because they do, they have a much increased risk of needing their shoulder repaired, rotator cuff, frozen shoulder, right? The role of hormones in orthopedic health is incredibly understudied, but certainly a lot of people will be like, oh, they're just, even there's the common like aches and pains, you know, like I'm, I'm in the perimenopause phase. I'm noticing I'm a little more cracky kind of in yes. all of my joints, right? Um, we get less uh, anti-inflammatory. Estrogen is very anti-inflammatory, right? Which is very, very trendy to be anti-inflammatory. So we just get more, we get more inflammation, right? We get inf- in more inflammation in our joints, more inflammation in our gut, more inflammation in our cardiovascular uh, center because we don't have the estrogen that we used to have. Okay, I'm just taking all kinds of notes. I think this is being recorded. You can listen back. <laughs> Good point. True, true that. But okay, it, but that's it why fa- you're the is, doctor. Yeah. It is Good fascinating point. to think about um, as because in general, Kelly, you're des- you're describing some of this as just as, this is an aging factor for everybody mm-hmm. that we're all going to face. But the one that needs to be, and the reason we're getting you on here again, that needs to just be, because, uh, you know, just like your show, our show is, is constantly, how do we give good information to let people then make informed choices or have informed conversations with those they need to? Because obviously this isn't something you're going to be, hey, go do this, because nothing's a quick fix. This isn't late night infomercial TV that we're talking about here, right? So it's, instead, it's, it's such a valuable resource to recognize, wait, 
these are some of the common things. And then here's some possible things to explore. I mean, then jump in and I'm watching my wife's face as uh, the hypothetical Pam's going through this scenario. And she's going, uh, okay, hey, wait, uh, wait. And then you can just see the buttons all kind of getting connected and <laughs> everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, it's beautiful that all these things are like, oh, this is normal. This is normal. This is normal. All these things that are, are happening, but there's things she's cluing me in on that I hadn't even associated with uh, the hormone change uh, specifically. Uh, and, and so I guess my next question when you're talking about um, how to, I mean, you talk about testosterone work with the men, right? What does that look like when you're going to work with a, a woman on getting hormone levels where there would be to help with these aches and pains to help with, um, all this that's going on with the change in the body? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, to back up again, it just, for the listeners to under, because, you know, I have a very big platform now and I hear from women every single day. Number one, how much being on hormones has changed their life. They've gotten their old Pam back, you know, whatever benefit it is. So I'm hearing that left and right. But I also hear a lot. My doctor says no. My doctor says it causes cancer. My doctor, blah, blah, blah. I need to alert people not to scare them, but to say doctors have not been trained for about two decades. And the reason for that is the media took the Women's Health Initiative, this huge study that came out in about 2001, and said estrogen caused cancer. Estrogen did not cause cancer. But the media never went back and said, oops, sorry, sorry, we took 70% of women off. So a reminder, in the 80s and 90s, the majority of women were on hormones. A lot of menopausal women Now they don't know that, right? They don't know the history. They don't know why we're so scared. They don't know all that history. But again, education and just understanding this and understanding what happened in America helps and to be like, oh, it really is safe. If you go on, and I have this in my link tree, but Google can give it to you too. If you go onto the North American Menopause Society statement in 2022, it's very strong. And you know how medical societies do not like to make strong statements. The benefit of hormones between the ages of 50 and 60, that's considered young menopause, outweigh the risks for the majority of women. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get that strong of a statement for many things. Yeah, that's a huge statement. It's a huge statement, you know, and it's kind of said subtly, but they're 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 careful. They say we don't we are not telling anybody to get on hormones for the primary prevention Mm -hmm. of diseases. Right. Because in order to make a claim that you're going to prevent disease, that's a whole nother level of medical proof that has to happen. So they're not saying that, but they're saying the benefit outweighs the risk. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a pretty powerful statement to come from any medical society. Well, and that's the world that we live in in a lot of ways. If you think about it on reverse, Kelly, that don't we all do things that I'm going to just risk it? <laughs> I'm going to eat fast food and just risk it. <laughs> <laughs> but totally. it's not going to adversely affect me. I mean, so it's like, why I mean, not totally. go the other way and talk about the same equation? I love that. And I think, you know, and let's talk about alcohol, the most commonly used drug in the world. 70% of Americans use alcohol, right? Alcohol is a known carcinogen. It is a known toxin by the World Health mm-hmm. Organization. It's associated with eight cancers. <laughs> the... um. 
the benefits do not outweigh the risks in alcohol mm -hmm. and 70% of people use it, right? So mm -hmm. like flip that on hormones of like, they actually say the benefits outweigh the risks. And here we are hand wringing like, oh my God, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Should I, shouldn't I? We spend, we're like, I need to measure levels. I, like people get all freaked out about hormones and you're like, yeah, if you drink a glass of wine, like <laughs> your benefit is not outweighing the risk. But you know, mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't think about things like that. No, we don't. Mm, that's an interesting comparison. <laughs> so, so do you do you take estrogen based off of? I mean, the what you start taking is it based off of like how much you weigh and no. age or no. nothing like that? It's just a okay. It's pretty damn simple. Like truthfully, hormones are not, this is not rocket science. I'm a surgeon. I like, I love being a surgeon because I don't have to deal with a lot of medications. Right. But like hormones, mm -hmm. are, hormones are easy. Here's, here's the thing just to back up. Cause I don't want anybody to be like, she just told me to go on hormones is like midlife is a fantastic opportunity to clean up your lifestyle. Right. Like prioritize sleep, prioritize exercise. Yeah. We've got to prioritize our muscles. Right. Like yeah. aging is working against us with muscles and muscles are the organ of longevity. Alcohol. Again, me, just because I've done it and I no longer drink alcohol, cut out alcohol. It is not doing you any favors. So I never want to be like, oh, estrogen's the panacea and just keep living like a teenager. Right. But it's like, get rid of processed sugar as much as you can. An anti-inflammatory yeah. diet, plants, protein. All the, all the good things, your mental mm -hmm. health, the stress in your life, all that, and hormones. <laughs> but like hormones is not a you know, one-stop shop for a healthy body. It's just part of the plan. But if you are on the proper dose of estrogen and progesterone, if you, know, you have a uterus, your hot flashes should diminish by about 80%. That's a good gauge to say you're on the right dose. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I've harped on that enough. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we'll probably come back to it. <laughs> so I, I, I do. Let me jump in real quick, Kelly, because there's an element we've talked about in the past of uh, the delivery of said hormones. What's the delivery methods that are best? Yeah. So when you can, not always available, but when you can, FDA approved product, you know, insurance covers it. It's FDA approved for vasomotor symptoms, meaning save your money. It should be pretty cheap. Don't go do all, don't go do all the compounded stuff because you're being marketed to by using this bioidentical term. Lots of FDA approved products that are, you know, regulated pharmaceuticals are bioidentical. Bioidentical just means it's the same as what your body naturally makes. There is, mm -hmm. but a lot of people will use it as a marketing term to make you spend a lot of money on pellets and creams and stuff like that, which are not recommended by the national societies. So just to go back on that, but, um, transdermal, patch usually with estrogen you can even get a combi patch that has estrogen and progestin in it that tends to be better as far as sex drive because it doesn't increase your sex hormone binding globula and i like to talk about sex med so there you go for that also oral estrogen does tend to increase your clotting factor about the same as a birth control pill increases your clotting mm. factors right if you want to have no r increased risk of blood clot transdermal doesn't have any increased risk of blood clot but some people okay. think that mm. oral is you know they tolerate it better or it works better for them or you know whatever i don't think oral is an absolute no you're just different formulations because of how the liver processes it will increase your clotting factor a little bit but mm -hmm. how many people do we have mm -hmm. on oral birth control, right? And, and they, right. Have a yeah. they have a clotting factor and they use birth control because the benefits outweigh the risks. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. As far as progestin goes to protect the uterus, two awesome ways. Number one, a progestin secreting IUD. I love it, especially in the perimenopause because people tend to bleed irregularly and an IUD will really help with that. Otherwise, an oral one at night helps with sleep as well. But the over-the-counter on the Amazon progesterone creams are not recommended. You cannot get enough of that drug in with a cream. So you can buy it, but it doesn't mean it's real or it's working or it's effective. Mm -hmm. It could actually be dangerous if you're not actually, actually like protecting your uterus enough with the product. That's good. Yeah, no, that's good. Because that's, that's that element of uh, the, the, the two different paths you go with the two different processes that the, the the delineation of the importance of the progesterone progesterone has got to be internal, right? That, that, yeah. that's a, that's a huge component of, of the delivery. There's got to be something that gets past the barrier to get it in and to make it work the way it's supposed to rather than yeah. all the other the, things that people can come up with. The molecular structure of progesterone, you cannot get enough cream to get it through your skin, to get it into your body. Just the way that it works, but you'll, you're going to go on Amazon. You're going to see progesterone cream, but that's unregulated, you know, not FDA approved. And it's, you know, us experts have seen women get uterine cancer because they're using this compounded, you know, it's a bad product, right? Mm -hmm. But the FDA is not regulating supplements in this country. So it is buyer beware when you go into the supplement territory. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I want to circle back also on, on this uh, topic of, uh, delivery methods because when we spoke last time uh on the perimenopause you were talking about some new delivery that had just happened in the uk that was approved uh that was it was a vaginal cream mm. and and i'm oh, curious well, where that counter. is now yeah so right. the, UK, the uk went over the counter with that with their equivalent of vagifem tabs um i don't okay. see america doing that it would be it'd be fantastic Absolutely fantastic. Okay. But, but that's also, you know, to get into the vaginal delivery of estrogen, that is not systemic. That is just pelvic or what we call local or another term for that's low dose. That's for okay. genital urinary syndrome of menopause, previously known as vaginal atrophy, but nobody likes the word atrophy. <laughs> but really, you're going to see that dryness, decreased sensation, overactive bladder, okay. more urinary tract infections. You can put estrogen just locally in the pelvis. That's not systemic, right? Your brain doesn't see it. Your heart doesn't see it. Your bones don't see it. Okay. And if you just use a local vaginal estrogen, you don't need a progestin to protect your uterus because it's so low dose. It's really just helping like the bladder, the vagina, the vulva. Mm -hmm. Okay. Perfect. It's so much amazing information. Like seriously. It's, it's a lot. You're, you're <laughs> laughing at me for taking notes because it's, it's recorded, but I'm like, okay, I have to see it and write it down to remember this stuff. <laughs> And I, I truthfully, I think it takes listening to this a couple of times to be like, okay, systemic, your whole body. Okay, vaginal. Yeah. Vaginal. Like, I think it takes a little bit, but, it, you know, it's, it's, once you get it, you, you can speak the language pretty quick. And we can't forget to talk about testosterone. Right. Well, go, go for it. Okay. Talk about so, it. So testosterone, the, the worst thing we did with testosterone is we gendered it. Right. I mean, how many times do people learn, even in the lay population, testosterone's for men and estrogens for women? Right. We gendered this hormone, which is a horrific disservice to women mostly. But did you know that depending upon where you are in your cycle, in your 20s, a woman's body has more testosterone in it than estrogen? I had no idea. 
Nobody knows that because we brand, we branded these things wrong. So women mm -hmm. have a ton of testosterone. It's just one-tenth the dose of what a man has, right? The ovaries also make testosterone, and the ovaries also stop making testosterone with menopause. So we don't have a lot of data on women and testosterone after menopause for the main reason is testosterone's for men, right? It's just not studied. Mm -hmm. we, we have Australia. Australia has the only, their FDA-approved uh, equivalent product for systemic testosterone post-menopause for women. It's called Androfem. It's a patch. They were working on one in America, and they shelved it. The FDA has put up big barriers to getting a FDA-approved testosterone for women. So we basically use a man's product, and we dose it appropriately. The biggest reason to take it is kind of the biggest indication post-menopause is hypoactive sexual desire disorder or low libido, because we know of any hormones, testosterone's really that libido hormone. A lot more than estrogen is. That's not an absolute. A lot of women who get back on their estrogen after menopause are like, oh, I want sex again. Thank you very much. So it's not cut and dry. But um, we just don't have a lot of data on brain, bones, muscle. We need a lot more data on the role of supplementing testosterone postmenopause for women for those organs. But we do have it for desire right now. But I, again, I give 10 times the doses of testosterone to men. So I'm not afraid of giving testosterone to women. We're not trying to mm -hmm. we're not trying to give her super crazy doses. We're just trying to give her enough so that she feels better. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So right, because a lot of this is about uh, functioning. It's it's not necessarily it's getting to a level of normalcy of of symptom abatements. You know, all all of that of just like, hey, wait, this is kind of the way normal life and a vibrant life is without some of the things that come along with it. <laughs> I can yep. take some of the edge of it off. Because right. it's, again, all of this is, and the thing I love about your work, Kelly, and, and all the messages you have out there is all of all of the framework is about here's resources that are available, not how you become superhuman in some aspect of <laughs> of, yeah. of your life or marriage or, yeah. or body, in a sense. It's not, yeah. this isn't the fix all. This is just a, wait, you don't really have to suffer as much. It's something that's actually better for you. This will help. And plus there's some benefits for it. So why not explore it? Totally. And you're exactly right. And the medical term for that is getting you to a physiologic dosing. We're not trying to get you to supra physiologic dosing. You know, we're not we're not trying to transition you to a different gender, we're not, which which we can do on super high doses. And they do fine, too. Right. Like we're so right. afraid of these like very, very small amounts of hormones. And then you only have to look and be like, ah, we give much higher doses to like for some reasons. And they do fine also. Right. But yeah, it's it's all about. Our tolerance for female suffering in this country is extraordinary. Let that, let that one sink in for a second. <laughs> let, let that statement sink in for a second. <laughs> yep. And I think some, some to um, our detriment, maybe because it's a male-dominated society, some of it's, I know I'd, there's been plenty of times in my life I just haven't spoken up. I just have just taken, okay, I feel this way and didn't know any better and just assumed, well, that's just how it is. Forever. Right. And so it, I appreciate folks like you that speak up and say, well, it doesn't have to be that way. 
No. Yeah. I mean, oh, the, yeah, I the fun see. thing about hormones is like, just try it. Change the doses. You can always stop and not be on hormones. Right. But, right. And exactly. It, yeah, and I think so many people are like, I don't know. Let's let's like let's write a dissertation on the pros and cons. And it's like, just go try it. You can. It's not an amputation. Like we could, we could adjust doses. It's fine. This stuff is like the, the, the amount of hormones we're talking about is like on an order of magnitude smaller than birth control. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. like, look how many people are on birth control. They do. Oh. There are some risks. Anytime we play with hormones, there can be benefits and there can be risks. Right. Right. And they're on it for decades. Yeah. 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 They're on it for decades. Yeah. Right. So when you're talking about, um, timing, you know, if you start taking hormones, um, you know, I, I mean, is it a week before you start seeing effects a day, a month, usually uh, a couple of months. Cause you're just trying to reestablish a, you know, a homeostatic place. And, and I tell women, I'm like, you might see some side effects in the beginning, you might have a little bit of breast tenderness, might notice a little bit of water weight gain, water weight gain is good. By mm -hmm. the way, it's hydrating. You're not as dried okay. out. You might notice your skin's a little more glowy. Your hair gets a little stronger, right? It's like all these, if we don't want to, if we can't think about heart disease, which is the number one killer of women, by the way, be like, hey, use it for vanity. It makes your skin look better. But um, give it a couple of months, <laughs> see how your symptoms go, and then adjust the doses. Okay. It's, it's pretty simple. Well, there's another symptom right there because I've been noticing more wrinkles and I'm like, ah, I just look older. And I have it. You just said that, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm getting on this tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, get on. Yeah, you can just get on it tomorrow. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> wow, my skin will look better. It's yeah. amazing how just in a short period of time, all these things—it's like a snap of a finger—and all these things have changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and. Anyway, I could go on and on. Okay, so well, I think I mean I, I you know to pause to to make a note of you know what you're saying is like so many women because of our lack of education and, be, and because I'll I'll blame doctors too, like because doctors were like oh I think just the OB guy should deal with everything woman and be like no this is fifty one percent of the population internal medicine docs have to jump mm -hmm. on board you know how many cardiologists yeah. evaluate fifty year olds for heart palpitations when in fact it's menopause right and they don't know it mm. but it's like just educating the women to be like, oh, it's not just me. Like, no, no, no. This is what happens when your estrogen goes to zero. Interesting. It's just what, it's just what happens. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Okay. That makes me feel so much better. Good. Okay. So I, job. you have, you're amazing. <laughs> you're amazing. Okay. So, you know, I kind of know the answer to this, but it, this has stunned me that, you know, I realized, okay, hot flashes will come. Um, I didn't really realize so much the um, effect on sleep and, and what that would do. One of the things that, uh, a side effect, I'm assuming this is from the same thing, is my boobs have shrunk. I mean, that's normal, I'm assuming. Please tell me that's a normal thing. Does estrogen help them regain some life? <laughs> I have not seen specific data on breast bounciness with supplementing. <laughs> We're not talking bounciness. How yeah, how is that listed actually? Yeah, what's, what's the uh, medical maybe term? Maybe it's TMI. Yeah, right. maybe it's TMI. But um, you know, we lose we lose collagen, we lose elastin. Those are two incredibly important components to our connective tissue and our skin. And so, I would think there's probably there's a, a role in that. Interesting. 
Okay. All right. But so when, when you're talking about menopause, you know, the sexual side of things and the, it's harder to get stimulated, you you dry and all that um, dryness that comes into play. I think what I'm noticing too is just sensitivity in other parts of the body, right? Mm -hmm. That, that seems to have, have waned. And I, I, you have any color on that? I mean, fill me in on things that, is this something again, that it's estrogen is the fix because it brings back um, stability within the body or what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I, I I think, you know, I I always get in trouble on social media because people are like, not everybody can take estrogen. And that's true. We can't put a hundred percent of people on estrogen, but we can put about 92% of people on estrogen. And right now in this country, only about five, depends upon what stat you look at, only about five to 7% of women postmenopause are actually being treated with hormones. 25% of them are being treated with antidepressants. About 40% of them are being treated with, uh, you know, either a high blood pressure med or Lipitor. Yeah. So let's not be afraid of all medications because we sure are, sure are taking a plenty of others, right? In, in the argument of like, I don't want to take meds. Like, well, we're taking meds for everything else. But Good point. Two, top two reasons that women after menopause decrease their, their sexual activity. Number one is symptoms of menopause. If you're hot flashing, if you're moody, if you're more anxious and you're not sleeping, your libido is in the toilet, right? You're just not feeling like yourself. You're exhausted. You're grumpy. You're not well rested, all that. So we treat those symptoms usually with estrogen. Your hot flashes go down, you're sleeping better. You feel more like yourself, your energy's back. And you're like, oh yeah, okay, I can have sex. The second number, the second reason that women stop being sexually active after menopause is availability of partner. So I always tell mm-hmm. people, I can help you with number one. I can't help you. With, I'm not a dating person. Right. I can't help you with number two. <laughs> but really, you know, a supportive partner who understands what they're going through, who doesn't, you know, throw shade on them and is like, you just get over it. Just why aren't you yourself? Well, like a supportive okay. partner who's like, let's try to get you some help. I think, you know, let's read about this. Let's figure out other things that get you in the mood. Do we need to do different stimulation? Do we need to add more lubrication? Number one, non-hormonal everybody should just use lube i love oil-based and and silicone-based lube because it just lasts longer for dry skin feels good it's not cold and sticky yeah i I was like thinking about this yesterday i'm like man i've turned into a lube snob (laughs) when when did that happen But even high quality lube is nice. Um, but then, you know, I think, and a lot of my friends in the business think like vaginal estrogen, again, talking about local, not systemic, yeah. vaginal yeah. estrogen, which is over the counter in multiple countries, but not in America, just really in preventing genital urinary syndrome of menopause because it's a chronic progressive uh, syndrome. It's going to happen in 50 to 80% of women post-menopause. Mm-hmm. Why wait till you have dry, painful sex? Why wait till you start getting the UTIs? Why wait till you start getting overactive bladder to treat it? To me, it's it seems like a preventative thing that we should do because mm-hmm. it's so stinking safe. Yeah. And it's just skincare. You know, if you look at like how much Americans spend on face skincare in this country, it's like 13 billion or something nuts. Yeah. Of like, yeah. there's just skincare for down there. See, it's, it's a mm-hmm. no-brainer. Great phraseology. Skincare for down there. <laughs> I'm down with that one. I'm totally down. <laughs> as far as weight goes, like I know, under, I know metabolism slows down. 
as you get older. Or that's my understanding anyway. I'm clearly not a doctor. Um, what is a what is a good way to manage that? I mean, obviously you pointed on before staying away from the toxins, staying away from sugars, things like that, that to me are just common sense, right? Eat your veggies, lean meats, things like that. Um, is there something additional that going through this process now as the body's changing that is a benefit to maybe offset of metabolism that might be ratcheting back and trying to go to sleep? Yeah. So you're going to get, you're going to get people arguing on the metabolism thing, but what you won't get is people saying your lean body mass is going to change. So when you lose your estrogen, you're going to get more central adiposity, really kind of that lower belly pooch that you just Mm -hmm. can't get rid of, even though you're a pretty lean person. It's more of like the the body fat distribution is going to change because your hormones are different. And also we really start we really start losing muscle. It just starts accelerating. And so it's like, if Mm. if you don't yet have a weight lifting plan in your week, like as much muscle as you can keep on your body, it burns calories. You know, it's, it's energy intensive, right? So it actually like takes a lot of calories Mm -hmm. to keep your muscle and you have to eat a decent amount in order to keep your muscle. Right. But really it's a more about not being, I, I always, I'm like, oh, it's not about being thin. It's about being strong. Like we really need to be as strong as we can. And muscle weighs, right? Like muscle weighs mm-hmm. pounds, but really how strong can we be? Cause we want to be functional. We want to get back up off the floor. We want to carry our groceries in. We exactly. want to live. And it's a very interesting question when I, you know, I see patients and they're hemming and hawing over, should I, shouldn't I take hormones or whatever? And I'm like, who do you want to be when you're 72? Who do you want to be? What's she look like? What's she doing? Right. And once you start thinking about her, then you can kind of get out of your own head about like, I don't want to take a pill. I don't want to be on a patch. I don't want to stop drinking. It's like, oh yeah, who do you want your 72 year old to be? And do you want her to thank you for all the work that you've done? Right. Right. And so when we really start thinking about who that person is, I think we start kind of shaping up a little bit because it's not so much like a chore as like I'm working for her I want her to be proud of me I want her to be traveling and hanging out with the grandkids and playing pickleball and whatever writing her seventh book Um, because we can be functional it's really this myth that old age means decline old age means frailty it does not mean that but we've got to be proactive that's amazing yeah okay Thank you. That is, that is so, so good. So Kelly, um, again, the, the, the amount of information you bring in an approachable way, uh, it, it is so good. It's so, so refreshing to have just because it's, it's casual conversations about really important things that a lot of times I think what I find and you probably do too with the people that you work with and, and see and, and listen to your show. Um, there's this, there's like this barrier of like, yeah, I'm too scared to ask that question. I'll look foolish or I can't say those words or we don't talk about that in public or, or even in a doctor's office. And the fact that uh, you can have the reach you have and the ability you have to convey the information you've got, uh, it's countless the amount of people that get impacted by this, uh, particularly the two others on the show right now on the, on the, on the screen with you. 
Uh, yeah. it's, it's huge. Mean, to so, me, I'm like, I want to make women think. I want to make men think. I, I want to make people think, yeah. right? Like, why are you scared? Why are you hesitant? What do you think about mm-hmm. this? How do you want to live? Like, you get them to think and then you just give them the education to be like, well, let's, let's give you some facts about it. So you're empowered. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when I see them thrive, like, that's the drug. That's mm-hmm. the drug. Oh, totally. Totally. Well, I appreciate it so much. You have enlightened me on some things that I, you know, there's things that I knew were from what's going on in my body right now. There's other things that I didn't even make that connection. And so I'm stoked about that. You just gave me a lot of hope today. I'm glad. Let me for your for you and for your listeners because because what 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 were you, they're going to listen to this episode and they're going to go to their doctor and they might not get what they need right. So I just want to okay. give them some tips. So if you go to your doctor and you say, "Hey, I'm experiencing symptoms of menopause. I would like to try hormone therapy," and they say no, right? Ask why. Why can't? Because you might you might have like five blood clots and like you've already had a heart attack. And I'm sorry, you don't get hormones anymore, right? Like there's some okay. people that you just contraindicated. So understand why. Right. But if your doctor says it causes cancer or it's not good for you or you don't need it, I would challenge that. Challenge it nicely. Don't burn any bridges. But you can get a second opinion. North American Menopause Society, if you go on their website, menopause.org, you can find a menopause certified practitioner. You can try that out. If they don't exist in your town, we've got two great online companies just off the top of my head. Um, Interlude is great for just vaginal estrogen. I just need some vaginal estrogen. And I don't want to talk to my doctor about it, but I need some access to vaginal estrogen. Interlude is a great online company for that. And then for hormones, Alloy, A-L-L-O-Y, is a great online company for menopause hormones. Because I never want anybody to be like, I've got, I just want to try it. I feel empowered. Mm -hmm. I think this is right for me. And then not have the access. So Mm -hmm. to give people uh, skills to be like, it's not right for everybody. You should get evaluated. Understand it, why not if you can't have it, mm-hmm. but there are resources available, especially in communities where there's just the healthcare hasn't caught up. Very good, thank you. And I'll also I'll also put uh, the links to your show, Kelly, and because conversations you have with your colleagues and other people that aren't just on this subject, but are on a, a variety of the myths and the the way we go about things. Uh, that that's the way people can easily start to continue their education. And, and remove those barriers to find the right information. But give us those details again, um, verbally. You'll put the link on the site, but yeah. so give, us podcast, how, give us how to contact you. Yep. My podcast is You Are Not Broken. The book is You Are Not Broken. Stop shooting all over your sex life. And you can find me at kellycaspersonmd.com. Perfect. Well, Kelly, thank you so, so much. It's a pleasure to get connect with you again. And I look forward to crossing paths again in the future soon. Okay. Love it. Thanks. Well, it's not often that when a guest is on, I get you to join me. Well, this was a total treat for me. I love being here. Um, you know, not not typically am I going to add to the content of an interview, but this one. You hypothetically played Pam. <laughs> I very, hypothetically very well. <laughs> played a role on this one. And I, I just hope it was beneficial to people listening, right? Mm-hmm. Either where they are now, where they're going to go. Maybe they've already been past this stage and they just didn't clue into some things that now they can um, take advantage of. So hopefully it was helpful to people. Well, it was helpful for you because you already jumped on stuff right after we hit end on the recording. I did. I called my doctor. (laughs) 
I got set up. I got in. I already have my patch. <laughs> I've started well it. on your way. And I am super excited to see what the next couple months holds. Well, this has been Passionately Married. If we left something undone, please, we want to know. So 214-702-9565, uh, feedback at passionatelymarried.net is where you can send us a message uh, via email. And what do we leave undone? What comments do you have? How do you want to add to it? And if you like the show, jump on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, however you listen, and rate and review the show. Mm-hmm. Leave a comment, help spread the word. Transcripts are available on each of the episode's pages at passionatelymarried.net, as well as all our advertisers' deals and discount codes are at each of the episode's pages. So please, consider supporting those who support the show. Well, whatever stage of life you're in, and however you took some time out this week to spend a little bit with us, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.